is the Starting Why Podcast. Here we ask entrepreneurs, actors, investors, innovative, and artists on the why. Why they are doing what they are doing, what motivates and drives them, and why can't they stop. We will start in five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe and you're listening to Starting Why, the show on the entrepreneurial mindset. Today, I have Daniel here with me, joining me from Israel. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? Hey, Joe, how are you? Thank you very much for having me. It's totally my pleasure. And we have to tell our audience that we are in our call for, I think, around 20 minutes already. And you massively helped me to improve my LinkedIn profile. We will soon get to that. And of course, your LinkedIn profile and my LinkedIn profile will be linked down here in the show notes. Actually, I did not make a screenshot before, but I actually unbundled a little bit everything I'm doing right now at startingy and startuprate.io, which is just awesome. But first, let us introduce yourself, who you are, and what you're doing. With pleasure, Joe. I'm based in Israel, like you said. I help startups and entrepreneurs leverage LinkedIn. It's a very powerful platform. And since uh, we started the conversation, a thousand new people have joined LinkedIn. Every second, three people sign up. So let's make it work. Every second, three people sign up. Yes, LinkedIn has close to 850 million users every second, according to LinkedIn's uh, July statistics. Three people somewhere sign up. That is like the same amount of people Facebook is losing there signing up on LinkedIn? I think there's a business model there. Maybe you should uh, explore it. Migrate your Facebook profile to LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Using Jasper. Uh, because LinkedIn has not been around for uh, like 30 years. So how did you end up becoming a LinkedIn expert? Because I can imagine when you grew up, you want to be a rocket scientist, a fireman, but not a LinkedIn expert, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I didn't top my, my list. I signed up to for LinkedIn early in 2004. And that means I had a lot of time to make all sorts of mistakes. I made all the mistakes in the book and I learned from my mistakes early on. In 2006, I held a quota-carrying uh, uh, sales position, and for the first time, LinkedIn showed me the name of the exact person within the organization I needed to reach out to. And Joe, that has slashed my sales cycle by 30%. It enabled me to beat my quota because prior to LinkedIn, we had to spend a lot of time just in order to understand what is it that this person does and what is it that the other person does. And then I started helping friends. Those friends ended up asking me to train their uh, staff and their teams. And at one point you wake up and you say, okay, this is what I'm doing. Let me specialize and drop everything else. Understood, understood. And I'll be wondering, how did you do your sales before LinkedIn for the very simple reason, because you reach out to somebody in a large organization, they just mail you back, sorry, I'm the wrong person to talk to. End of conversation, they never reply again. So. <laughs> You're absolutely back. Like for, for uh, if you remember the life pre-LinkedIn, then it was either major trade shows. We could go into a messe in, in Frankfurt or uh, elsewhere and meet people, get a lot of business cards and then follow up when we get home or do some inside sales with uh, phone messages, trying to, to speak with people. And obviously social selling has changed everything. And, and now our clients maybe conduct 80% of their sales cycle before we even speak to them. 20 years ago, we would meet salespeople because they would help us learn what's happening outside. 
But today, the buyer is way, way more educated than the seller. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I see. So the buyer is more educated than the seller. That sounds pretty much like you're at a disadvantage. And how can you level the playing field again? It's a great question. And trying to think about the questions that your ideal client or the ideal prospect struggles with is uh, the beginning of the solution. If you're helping, say, companies that want to tap into the German startup uh, market and they have no uh, presence in Germany, they want to buy innovative startups, maybe some older companies that don't have the innovative uh, vibes, then you need to ask yourself, what question do they struggle with? First, why Germany? How large is the German startup scene? And then do we need someone here? How would the communication uh, work for us? Do we need to work with you on that level? Do we need to do something else? And if you manage to answer the question they struggle with, then by providing content that educates your ideal client, you're becoming the only seller in town. Not by saying, work with me. By saying, this is the size of the German market, you need to understand the differences between the German startups and other startups. And this is uh, these are a couple of success stories I had with this company or with that company, I can help you identify the right startups in, in Germany and help you tap into their innovation. Understood. And first, I have two perspectives for this interview. One of them is what we just went through. You need an external view on your own LinkedIn profile because that's basically your, your, your business card, your validation, your business, and a lot more for everybody you approach on LinkedIn for the very simple reason that it's the only thing they may be ever seeing from you, hearing from you. So that's basically the first impression. That's so true. And when we Google the entrepreneur's name, in many cases, their LinkedIn profile will top the list. So it doesn't matter whether they logged in this morning or six months ago, their clients, their tech partners, their, the people who want to join their startup, everyone will find their LinkedIn profile and you need to make it customer friendly or customer ready. And yes, improving your profile is usually the first step you need to take into account. Can you guess what is the a number one activity that LinkedIn users perform? According to LinkedIn statistics, after logging in, what would be the, the most frequent action anyone Reforms on LinkedIn? Take a guess. It's either liking some status or interacting with the status or checking messages. Excellent. So there are many likes and many uh, messages, but there's uh, an activity that even that is even more frequent, and that is visiting other people's profiles. And if you think of it, the interactions, sending invitations, checking the messages, sending in messages yourself or sending an invitation or engaging in any way, usually either starts with you visiting someone's profile or ends if someone sends you an invitation, then Joe, you can check that person out before you decide whether you'd like to accept the invitation or not. So we need, as entrepreneurs, we need to make our profile stand out and explain the story in a simple way. Okay, and now we get to the core because many people would just stick with this highlight and uh, then they're good. But I have like speed learned what you've been talking about. Basically, what we did, we used an AI tool to help me write content. And basically, I split up what I did at startuprate.io. I brought them in the right order for me. 
a scout, consultant, podcaster, and we even changed the text of the uh, static Y description for the very simple reason to include all the necessary keywords that Google, Bing, and especially LinkedIn are fetching. And can you explain a little bit more in general how you approach this process? What do you need to think about first? What's the most important perspective to start from this point of view, from this angle? Excellent, with pleasure. So the very first question I would ask you is, uh, as an entrepreneur, you need to stop considering LinkedIn as a CV repository, but treat it as a website that needs to convert your ideal reader. A website that needs to convert your ideal reader. So for the reader, if I'm a, a company interested in, in the German ecosystem, it's less relevant for me to know whether you worked with Deloitte until 2016 or 2017. What is important for me is to see how you're becoming part of the solution for my problems. So reread your profile and tweak your profile so it answers the questions your ideal reader has. Let me suggest three simple questions. Number one, who's your ideal reader? Some entrepreneurs listening to this may say, my ideal reader on LinkedIn is a client. Others may say, actually, my ideal reader is an investor or a co-founder or a partner. So you need to decide who's your ideal reader. Then what sort of... Wait, wait, I have one, one interesting question in between. How can you discourage all the coaches that are reaching out? <laughs> <laughs> That's mission impossible, Joe. There's a limit to what we can do. Okay. There are lots of automation tools. Most of those coaches haven't even visited your profile, haven't read and haven't understood it. You can simply ignore them. Every now and then, if you have an interesting or intriguing invitation request, incoming invitation, you could actually reply to that person without accepting. And that is also something that we can add to the show notes. There is a tweak for you to reply saying, thank you very much. Could I be of help to you? And if that person replies and says, yes, I'm looking for, my company is looking for a scout, then you would continue the conversation. But if they want to sell you stuff you're not interested in, you don't have to actually accept the invitation. So question number one was, who's your ideal reader? And question number two, very simply, if we manage to have your ideal readers look at your profile, what action would you like them to perform after they read your profile? So say I'm based in South America, I'm Brazilian uh, innovation manager, and I want to tap into the German ecosystem, and I bumped into your profile. Maybe I'll listen to the podcast, and then I, I visit your profile. What action, Joe, would you like me to perform after visiting your profile? Uh, best would be to reach out for helping them with their problems. Excellent. So the third and last question is this. Once we identify the ideal reader and the action you, Joe, would like them to perform, try to help them by removing the obstacles and by providing them with the right information in the right order at the right time for them to understand that they need to reach out to you. And if you can uh, bring up your own profile, we can see it visually. Because your profile, check the, the show notes, has a banner on top of your profile photo. Uploading the banner is an upgrade. It, it can take you 30 seconds. But simply adding a banner makes your profile stand out from 90 or 95% of LinkedIn users. So use it and decide whether the banner has to represent your a startup in this way or that way. And also change or tweak or improve your headline. Because sometimes our current uh, headline would be, 
I'm a co-founder XYZ. No offense, but if the name XYZ doesn't open the door, for your ideal reader, you need to explain why they need to read. Imagine I run a search and I found 354 results. I don't have time to visit them. So the headline, that's the most important real estate, has to make me curious about what is it exactly that you do. And you can consider your headline to be an ad that attracts your ideal reader. It's challenging, but you have done it with your own headline. Please, I'm begging always the startups to really write in plain language because we are doing da-da-da-da-da and we call it And this last time we call it, it's a marketing term. Nobody outside of your organization will ever understand it. And if you put it in your description instead of the more common, more frequently used description, you will never get a hit, especially in the headline. That's absolutely right. And, and I and thank you for saying this because our profile is not here to serve us. Our profile is here to serve our ideal reader. And maybe the term you're thinking about is more accurate. But if your clients use X, then you need to speak their language. And the, your sort of keywords could be buried down, down. And the something you would put in the external um, space where everyone can see should be plain, simple, and bring the point across. This is how we help you. Exactly. And I think it's a very, very important thing to really have in mind that's in sale, that's an outreach. And you know what they told me when I started in consulting, it's ridiculous and it never works, but you should write a slide in a way that your grandma understands it. And the same should be true for the headline, right? Even though my grandma is, is not alive, unfortunately, anymore. Uh, but she would have big trouble even to understand what I'm writing now. <laughs> You're absolutely right. How can you find the right level between everybody understands and keeping it professional? Is that a trade-off? It is some sort of trade-off. The way to do it, I think, would be to use the more the narrower terms in a section that is below the fold. Not in the headline, not in the about section, but buried somewhere down. And the headline in the about section should speak to everyone because many entrepreneurs make the mistake of only addressing the, the right person for them. But as you know, the other people working with them could tell them, hey, I think Joe may be the right scout for us. And how can they recommend that action if they haven't understood what you bring to the table? So you need to have two sort of readers. One is the ideal reader you'd like to contact you. And the second is everyone working with that person that can mention you or send a link to your profile and say, hey, check that person out. If you're using plain English, plain German, a lot easier for them to understand. Yes, this is relevant for us. Okay, we got the headline. How about all the description of the jobs you're doing? What are you providing? Because as I said, we got... It into it very deep and basically i structured everything that i meshed up in like one position at startuprate.io i split up in three different positions i ordered them according to my personal importance and then we made descriptions in linkedin using an ai i'll link down here in the show notes to the ai and basically we gave them like one sentence the keywords to be included and then hit generate and basically You can read on my LinkedIn profile what came out, and it sounds pretty impressive. It is. It is. I'm always thinking you were the mind behind the AI there. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I don't even know the founder, but it's an awesome tool. Uh, don't get me wrong. I do believe that there are many, many others out there. That's just the one I'm subscribing to. I'm using because it helped me out already quite a lot. And it's again and again and again. Like what I had to learn also for podcasting, it's it's the keywords. You have to have the right words in there that a stupid, stupid machine can understand what you're talking about and they put you in the right bucket, in the right order, uh, whatever you want to call it, that they understand what you're doing. Because only if this, if you write good enough that a stupid machine, SEO optimized, can understand, then you'll be seen. Absolutely. There are two algorithms involved here. So let us maybe point about the difference between one is the LinkedIn algorithm that you mentioned. It's important because every year, Joe, uh, billions of searches are run on the LinkedIn platform. You want people to find you. You want your ideal prospect to find you. But you don't have to discount the human eye, the human algorithm. So the ideal thing would be to write a sentence that would make sense for the reader, for the human eyes while incorporating the right keywords in a natural way. This is our challenge. Because we can write a series of keywords for the algorithm. But if, as a reader, someone visits your profile and is turned off, they're less likely to convert, they're less likely to reach out to you. So you could say, I help companies, enterprises, corporations, mid-sized, small, medium-sized companies tap into the German market by acquiring companies, M&A, investing, or XYZ. This includes a series of keywords. You can obviously improve them, but it also makes sense for the reader. If I read this, I understand what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And there are other elements you can also uh, get inspired. Looking at your profile again, even before the experience, there is the featured section. So feature the best converting resources you have. Everyone making it visually attractive and appealing would make more people stay on your profile, understand, visit the podcast, visiting your, your website, and understanding why they need to reach out to you. If you're in doubt, simply go to your profile and have a look at it. The way it's structured is a great example of, of making it customer-friendly and prospect-ready. Understood. And what I also didn't know, you can even order all the jobs you had, everything you did. It's so simple, but there's up on your, your jobs, your positions, there is an edit button. And then there are like two, how do you call it? Chevrons in different directions next to the plus, And there you can order it. Right, the arrows. Yeah. Yes. And instead of chronological ordering it, you can drag and drop it as you like all your current positions. That means put the most important first, because I always had the starting Y podcast. Don't get me wrong. It's very important to me. And I wish I could make a living on that. I'm just doing it as a hobby, but I had to put the job which I'm actually making money ahead of it. And that was something I realized, yeah, that would be great to do, but I didn't understand the importance until Daniel helped me to understand this really here. Thank you very much. It's very simple, really. And, and the fact that you started starting why the, uh, the latest doesn't mean that it has to be first. And it's best for you to prioritize and not for chronology or LinkedIn. You know the ideal order. You know what you'd like people to know about And I have here, let me quickly check. I have something like 15 positions on there from my vocational training at a thrift bank uh, to uh, internships I did in China uh, with McKinsey to my full-time positions and what I'm doing right now at startupray.io. 
we have seen profiles before that have more than 50 positions. What would be your recommendations? Do 60 positions, everything you have, or cut it down to the really necessary stuff? Well, that's a great question. We have to remember that LinkedIn cuts it anyway. So after a number of positions, people will need to click on show all. And my assumption is that most people don't click on show all. So what we, what you could do is simply go back and, and decide whether some positions could be uh, combined. So you would combine one, two, or three projects or one, two, or three internships into one position. You would say with McKinsey and with China Council or everything in China to one umbrella position and that would make it a bit easier for for people to understand another possibility joe is to add either voluntary for boards and stuff like that or lectures or projects this would not break the order of the chrono chronological experience section while adding another piece of information you can show your reader by using projects or other or voluntary or something else 50 experience uh, positions is too many for most people to digest. And the question is, if you have there like two or one current top position that is important, that's what you're making a living from right now, do you really need uh, 57 other positions to distract the people from? <laughs> that's absolutely right. It's uh, information overload. And, and another question you can ask is, where do you get most of the clients from? Say you had a regular source of clients and you would not need to mention that activity on LinkedIn because you have a special partnership with someone who sends you qualified leads. Then what you could do is use LinkedIn to actually attract another type of projects, another type of prospects, and that uh, special partnership could be buried somewhere or not as prominent. Make it aligned with your interests on LinkedIn. Do you want to promote activity A, or do you want to promote activity B? Trying to uh, please everyone is very unlikely. It's difficult. You have to prioritize. And I do believe we switched in between from your inside perspective to the outside perspective. But first, one step back, you have the inside perspective. As I said, you should make it as easy as possible. Best would be to talk to a colleague, to talk to somebody if you are in a company from sales. Don't talk to the PR people because they'll do so much formulation on your profile that at the end, again, nobody understands what you're doing, not even the algorithms, <laughs> personal experience. So that is one perspective. And the other perspective is who is your target audience? Where is your marketing channel? That's basically you should see it as an entrepreneur, as part of your marketing funnel, right? Absolutely. Who's your ideal reader and how can you help them understand that you're part of the solution? And another suggestion that's very easy is to ask someone you're not connected with to bring up your LinkedIn profile, either in a Zoom call or via the app, and have them look at your profile and tell you what they would do. And sometimes you would be amazed, first of all, because what LinkedIn shows you is not necessarily what it shows other people. The profile photo would not be there for some people, and that's the way they understand that they need to make their profile photo public, because they always see it. But what's important is not the way you and I see it, but the way our ideal reader sees it. The contact information, most entrepreneurs believe that it's easy to, for people to message them. It's wrong. 99% of people cannot message you freely on LinkedIn unless they want to extend an invitation request. So have someone bring it up and then listen to their thoughts. And they will say, okay, when you, when you write XYZ, do you mean this or that? And instead of educating them, listen to the question, thank them, 
and reflect about those answers and the, all those questions. If three people don't understand the key term you've used, and these are your ideal readers, then you may go back to the drawing, drawing board and replace that term with something that's clearer and more aligned with what you want people to understand. Which leads us to the final question. Are you actually making a living helping people to optimize their LinkedIn? And secondly, of course, very, very interesting is how, or the other way around said, what are the most frequent mistakes you are seeing there being made? Oh, and before that, I have two more questions. I see more and more people, especially here from Germany, only putting in their first name, uh, for example, yearn.m. Would you recommend that? And secondly, just like three, four bullet points in the headline, what they are actually doing instead of full sentences. Would you be in favor of the anonymized way and just the headlines? Okay, so I think many of those entrepreneurs don't even realize that the last name is uh, not visible. And I would recommend everyone to turn it on. So most people will see, everyone should see your real last name. It also helps in terms of search, because if I look for Menninger and I only see M, I'm not sure it's you, right? So you want people to find you. And these, what I could share with you is a, is a free cheat sheet that would help people make a more converting headline. Examples like uh, before and after, a simple formula and a way to make their profile headline as attractive as yours. Instead of saying co-founder XYZ, Make it about the reader and help them understand why you're part of the solution. And yes, I do make a, a full-time uh, living out of it. I started early enough, and that's one of the advantages of um, specializing. I see. So basically, what we'll do right now, uh, we're already talking about uh, for more than 30 minutes about your LinkedIn profile. I do believe we could talk about it for 30 days, and we still not have it fully discussed yeah he's laughing i, I think I, I hit a point here and secondly i think it's enough to keep the people thinking to start them thinking and of course we will provide down here in the show notes your linkedin profile my linkedin profile after improvement plus of course the sheet you promised us we will link down here in the show notes as well with pleasure. Thank you very much. And of course, the way I, I usually help my clients starts with improving their LinkedIn presence, their profile, their page, but it also uh, elaborates on their connection strategy, their content strategy, and their lead generation. So profile is, is the first layer, but there is a lot more to that. We may need uh, more time one day to, to discuss that. Thank you very much for having me. It will be a pleasure to have you back next year, and then we talk about the next layer on LinkedIn. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joe. My pleasure. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.